Hey, hey, this is Megan, and you're listening to the Salesy Podcast. This is a podcast for a modern business owner where you will learn how to build your business while staying true to yourself at the same time. As a sales expert of the last eight years and an online business owner, I am here to teach you tangible sales techniques rooted in psychology and human behavior. Get your earbuds on and your salesy notebook out and let's get started today. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Salesy. Today, we're going to talk about a conversation that I had in my DMs today, and it was very heavily focused about how their coach was basically telling them to continue to pump out content so that they could send clients. And they're showing up and they're doing the things and they're still struggling. And I'm like mid-conversation with this and I realized this is so common. So if you have ever felt like the content you're putting out is not reaching the audience, you're getting people to follow you to pitch them, maybe your prices are off, maybe you're too niche or you feel like your services are unneeded, this episode's going to be perfect for you because that's what we're going to talk about exactly. If you haven't, go ahead grab a notebook. I know podcasting is so easy to pop it in while you're driving or running or walking or just doing things. So come back to this episode because there are going to be some things for you to mull on and to think on and to grow from. So specifically with this conversation and this conversation that I'm having with a lot of entrepreneurs of, hey, I'm showing up. I'm doing the work. I'm doing the things. And what's happening is that the leads are not coming to me. They are not sliding in my DMs and they're not watching my stories. And I'll be honest with you, that's what content is supposed to do. Content is just supposed to bring people to you. It is not meant to have people slide in your DMs unless you set it up to do that, unless your call to action is to do that. It is not meant for people to move into a buying decision because as we've learned in the online space, marketing and sales run parallel. Meaning that while they're consuming the content, they may be moving through the sales process, but it's not a one-to-one ratio like people think it is. It's not, okay, this piece of content is going to, there's a, this piece of content is going to convert this client because this one piece of content is going to be the tipping point. Now, if you've never heard of the concept of the tipping point, this is coined by Malcolm Gladwell in his book called the tipping point. And it's talking about this point where you kind of move into critical mass. And with that, we set up this idea. Let me backtrack. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Critical mass is basically when you start seeing the direction that you want to. You see people slide into your DMs. You see people commenting on your stuff. You see all these things going on. That is the critical mass that we expect from social media, but unfortunately, a lot of us are not getting it in the capacity. And it's really easy to enroll in another course to think that content's wrong and that you need to have X, Y, and Z. I'll tell you two pieces before we dive into how to start cutting down your lead time in those things. One, copywriting. If your content is not getting the action that you want, you are probably in the process of learning how to copyright. And the way to get better at copywriting is not by thinking about it. It's not in theory. A lot of times we think in the online space that things need to happen in theory, that this theory is going to pan out. And it's a very economic way of viewing things. You know, if you've ever dealt with an economist, an economist has perfect world theory. And in a perfect world, everything would pan out the way that we need it to. But we don't live in a perfect world. 
our ideal clients are not rational beings. They're not driven by the logic and those types of things. And so a lot of times this content and this logical trap of if I just do more, it will create more is where people get stuck. And I am seeing so many people just walk away from Instagram, walk away from their businesses because that is what they are struggling with. And that is where they need more support of one, figuring out what the fuck people are saying. It is so easy. And I'm going to tell you guys a story and we're all going to laugh about it because this happened to me too. And, you know, it's easy to sit on the fence and be like, yeah, Megan, like it happened to you, you solved the solution. But this happens to all of us. When it comes to content, we have a belief of what do people want to hear and what do we want to hear? And a lot of times because our survival is really dictated on us, we focus on what we need to hear the things we want to learn about, the things we want to talk about. And sometimes that's not actually what the customer needs. So recently we were going through the consistent sales system launch. Maybe you've been a part of it. Maybe you've been watching it. If you are ever intrigued by how to work with me in the programs that I facilitate, that's the best word I was going to say, host, but facilitate. You can always drop me a DM on Instagram. You can always send me an email. There's always that opportunity. We're inside this consistent sales system launch. We've done the emails. We have, you know, it should be a landslide because of how easy it is. But you know what the one thing that took this launch from signing two people when it should have been a 20-person launch? It was messaging. It was the messaging inside of my content because I did not listen to the customer's voice. Because in my mind, I thought, hey, they want to spend more time with their clients and less time finding clients. And when I did the customer research, when I took time to listen to the people and survey them and say, hey, do you want to spend more time with your clients and less time finding clients? Or do you want to make more money and work less? What do you think actually happened in that moment? I will tell you what didn't happen. I was not proven right in that moment. People did not want to spend more time with clients and spend less time finding clients. People wanted to figure out how to work less and make more money. Work less and make more money. And if that small, tiny step of customer voices missing inside of the process, that's where you're going to lose the engagement. That's where people aren't going to talk to you. That's where people aren't going to pay attention. Because again, there is this concept of what do I want to hear? What do I want to learn about? What do I need in this moment? And there is the holistic reality that your customer's thinking something else. So if your content's not hitting, you know, the first thing is, first thing you're going to get told, go out and do market research, get a form up, you know, get on some calls, offer some free shit. Don't do that. Don't do that. And we're going to take a pause just to consider why not to do that. Market research assumes, it assumes the customer knows what they want in the capacity that you offer it. And here's the other side of it is that the customer doesn't know what they want because we don't make decisions in a vacuum. Everything we do is relative. It is not absolute. It is not in a vacuum. It is not by itself. It is relative. You do not compare coffee to orange juice. You do not compare things in these vacuums. You compare them with what is relevant. And if you are comparing coffee to orange juice, you're deciding what drink you want. But if you're just comparing coffee to coffee, you're comparing what type of coffee you want. You don't just compare coffee. 
So what happens with market research is that we basically set it up so that it's leading, so that the confirmation bias can slide on in and say, hey, this is exactly what you want. This is what you want to hear. This is what you need, right? And then on the other side of it, you're like, no, this is not what I need. I do not need another person feeding to me something that I don't actually know if somebody needs. And then that seed of doubt gets planted in your head and it says, well, maybe it's my pricing. You know, pricing is the first thing we jump to. And I'll tell you this, people will pay ridiculous amounts of money for something and it's not always logical. We buy emotionally and then justify logically. And price is one of three considerations. It's not the number one consideration that we make. And I have this conversation every single day in the DMs. Well, it's my price. I've never sold high ticket. I'm not paying $2,500 a month. How could I ask that from someone when I'm not doing it? But you're not your ideal client. You're not your ideal client. So yeah, you can ask that from it. And it's not because Susie offers this same Dubsado build at $500 a month and yours are $3,000 or that they could go online and get it because price and convenience go hand in hand. How many times have you paid $500 for something or $5 for something and you had to order another one and another one and another one? Or you paid X amount more and you didn't have to. Here's an example of it. My peers typically don't buy an Apple laptop as their first laptop. The only reason my first laptop was an Apple laptop is because I was a part of an educational study growing up and they wanted to study the effects of technology over time, right? So I've always had an Apple laptop because I don't want to have to pay to replace it over and over and over. I know when I drop $2,200 or $1,800, it's a lot of money. Even when you make multiple six figures, even when you're scaling to seven figures, that's still a lot of money to buy these things. I know that the convenience is, is I can open up the laptop, I can press power, I can put it on the charger, I can pull all my stuff from the cloud. You need to start thinking about your services in the terms that people think about it in and not the terms that you think about it. Because the second thing after price is niche. I'm too niched. How many times have you said that? Guess what? If you offer a service, a very specific service, you are not too niche. Let's take an example here from the real world in the United States. What does Roto-Rooter do? I know you're nodding your head and you know, you say they do plumbing. Plumbing is a niche. What does Roto-Rooter actually focus on? Roto-Rooter most of the time in cities are set up to one, help with main line breaks because if the line breaks and it's going out to the main and it is your line, you are responsible for that. Second piece is, is that they focus specifically on drain blockages, right? To you, that's so smart. You know, people who have homes, that's so smart. Is that niched? It is very niched. Sephora, luxury makeup, high-end products, that could be considered niche. Niche is not your problem. What your problem is, and most of the time when it comes to niche, is that you are trying to sell to everybody and their mom. And you're not looking for a select customer that belongs inside that niche. Lexus, that's a niche. Lexus exists in luxury cars, but you want to know why someone buys a Lexus versus a BMW? The name because they identify themselves with that car, the same way they identify themselves as a niche with BMWs. So before you say, I need to expand out, I need to offer more, I will tell you this, if you offer more, you're not gonna sign clients just because you offer more. 
You're not going to make money just because you offer more. And so before that coach tells you, hey, you're too niched, let's focus on the second piece of this. So the second piece of this is actually something that was in a post and I will link down below. And it was explained perfectly by a colleague. Her name is Latisse Hudson. If you don't follow her on Instagram, you should. If you don't know her on Facebook, you should go in her group. We will link everything down below for you. She is incredible. And she said that she operated from an 80-20 rule. 80% of her day was spent in active conversation with her future clients. And Homegirl makes, she makes seven figures easily. I have seen the inside of her business and she does this with ease. She said the 20% of her day was spent making content from the conversations they were having. So if we think about this, where do we spend the majority of our time? We spend 80% of our time creating content without the consideration of the customer, without this idea of, oh shit, like I need to know what they're saying so that I can sell to them. That second piece is that we spend 20%, 20% thinking that sales is going to be the, you know, it's just going to come from content. Content, content, content. How many times do we hear content and you realize you're still not making money? So how do you change this? Get in your inbox. Learn how to have a conversation. Learn how to talk to people. Learn how to remove the things that do not matter in a conversation. You don't know how many times I'm in the DMs and someone says, oh, I'm sorry, my dog is barking. Oh, I'm sorry, this is happening. Oh, like I'm doing this. And it's like, that does not matter. Stay on topic, stay on purpose. Because here is the thing is that when you get in more conversations, you start learning your ideal client on a deeper level than the fake market research that you're doing. You start taking that customer voice, you start compiling it. You can speak to them on a way that feels authentic and true. And someone can slide in your DMs and say, hey, you know, you sound exactly like what's going on in my head. Are you reading my mind? And you say, kind of, because I've talked to 15 people like you this week. You stop using the excuse of content and content and content and start actually taking action and having those conversations. Because here is one thing that I will tell you is that in the first three years of your business, And I will argue the first three years of your business, it should be direct response. It should be, you have this problem, I have this solution. You say this thing, I know how to help you. You're struggling with this. Well, you ruminate, you vent, you get it. Because where you're going to make more money is having responses. And instead of planning for content in September when you're in August, instead of planning, you know, I'm not going to show up and talk about business because that's what's ruining my business. You're going to start learning like, hey, when she slides into your inbox, there's a very specific expectation that is going to help you be able to say, hey, I know what you're struggling with. I know how hard it is. I know what it's costing you not to have a Dubs Auto set up, not to have a marketing process, not to have somebody doing lead generation for you. I know how much it's costing you to not understand how to budget your life, to do X, Y, and Z. And guess what? Here's a solution. And you can breadcrumb it to them or however you want, but guess what? When you say I have a solution and here is how you can buy it, our brains go offline. They're not logically thinking about, oh, I have to pay X, Y, and Z. They're saying, hey, there is this loop and I am ready to close it. There is a loop that leads to happiness, time, freedom. No, I don't have to get a corporate job. No, I don't have to work at a coffee shop. And when you close that loop, that's where you're going to make more money. So before you sign up for more content, another content course or something else, why don't you take a moment and slide into my DMs? Why don't you take a moment to say, hey, Megan, I am struggling with how to sign clients and I offer this 
service and I know how much this is costing me, can you find me a solution? Because guess what? We can. And we do this on a regular basis. I have built businesses from ideas and concepts to six figures. I've done $100,000 in a week in someone else's business, and they have yet to see that type of success again. There is a reason why Salesy grew as fast as it did, and it's because direct response conversations leave that into content. So that is all I have for you today. I hope you take a moment to like I hope you take a moment to subscribe because that obviously helps downloads and it tells the podcasting networks that we are important to you. And if you haven't, go ahead and put a review down below. Reviews are so important for other consumers who are deciding whether or not they want to watch, listen, or hear me. And I would love to help make more wealthy business owners. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I hope that you get out of the content trap and start actually signing some clients. Have a good one. If you have loved today's podcast episode, go ahead and take a moment to rate and review on whatever you choose as your platform to listen. Rating and reviews help us not only be able to serve you deeper, but to bring more people in to learn more about sales. If you ever want to check out the behind the scenes, go down to the show notes. My Instagram is always linked and I will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Salesy.